Blog Talk Radio. Talkradio.com's premier American and America's premier sports talk music program, Fanatic Radio. We are back on the air in the year 2013. I'm Michael Gardner, along with my partner in crime, the notorious Ben Florence, and a special guest in the studio, the one and only Tyler Tomea, now the ex or former editor of The Eagle. Is this true? Yes, the great Eric Saltzman has uh, come on and take my spot, and I have nothing but the fullest amount of confidence in him, despite what I've told you guys. To the Bronx Bomber himself, Eric Saltzman, to take over the Eagle. And apparently you're saying before the, before we went on the air, you refuses to talk to me or call me in person. Yes, but you will be covering, thankfully for us, our women's basketball game this weekend. So always helping us out at the Eagle. Looking forward to that. And uh, Beefle, how was your break? You've been was, off the air for quite some time. Glad to be back. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a very good break. I went home. I got a new phone. I uh, just been uh, hung out, hung out with my boys. Committed to Enjoy the some uh, felonious actions. No, we didn't commit any felonies. At least not this time. And, uh, at least not I that. I almost got a car accident. That was bad. Ooh, to be told later in the show. But a uh, good show for on, on hand. We have uh, NFL Conference Championship talk, the uh, crisis of the Hall of Fame in baseball. Why no one was inducted for the first time since 1996. College basketball, the changing of the guard as college football is officially coming to an end. But uh, to start on a somber note, well, I guess for me a somber note, but uh, we'll start with the uh, Lance Armstrong case, which has been going on for quite some time, at least for the past week when it was broken, he officially announced on the Oprah Winfrey show that he was uh, using performance-enhancing drugs and uh, doping during his uh, reign in the cycling world. And luckily, our good friends at the uh, OWN yes. give us an exclusive interview, or at least as courtesy of the Oprah Winfrey Network, with uh, Lance Armstrong's uh, exclusive interview. So let's start with the questions that people around the world have been waiting for you to answer. And for now, I'd just like a yes or no. Okay. Okay. Did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. Was one of those banned substances EPO? Yes. Did you ever blood dope or use blood transfusions to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. Did you ever use any other banned substances like testosterone, uh, cortisone, or human growth hormone? Yes. Yes or no? In all seven of your Tour de France victories, did you ever take banned substances or blood dope? Yes. How did it all work? I I viewed it as very simple. I mean, you had things that were uh, oxygen-boosting drugs, for lack of a better word, or way to describe it, uh, that were incredibly beneficial for performance or endurance sports, whether it's cycling or running or whatever. Um, and that's all you needed. I mean, my, 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 my uh, cocktail, so to speak, was, was only um, EPO, but not a lot. Transfusions and testosterone, which in a weird way I almost justified because of because of my history, obviously with testicular cancer and losing. But surely I'm running low. For 13 years, you didn't just deny it; you brazenly and defiantly denied everything you just admitted just now. So why now admit it? I don't know that I have a great answer. I will start my answer by saying that uh, this is too late. It's too late for um, probably most people. And uh, that's my fault. I view this situation as 
one big lie that I repeated a lot of times. And, and it, as you said, it wasn't as, as if I just said no and I moved off it. Right. You were I, defiant? Oh, yes. I, uh, you I called other people liars? I understand that. You and I both know that fame just magnifies whoever you really are. So if you're a jerk, you're a bigger jerk. If you're humanitarian, you're a bigger humanitarian. So what was going on with you during that time, and what did fame, the, what did that do? I think it, and I don't know if you pulled those two words out of the air, jerk and humanitarian. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'd say I was both, and, and, and we saw both. And now we're seeing certainly more of the jerk part than the, than the activist, the humanitarian, the philanthropist, the leader of the foundation. We're seeing that now. I am flawed, deeply flawed. What was, for you, the flaw or flaws that made you willing to risk it all? I think this just ruthless desire to win, win at all costs, truly. That serves me well on the bike, served me well um, during the disease, but uh, the level that it went to for whatever reason is, is, a, is a flaw. Um, and then that, uh, that defiance, that attitude, um, that arrogance. I made my decisions. They are my mistake. And I am sitting here today to acknowledge that and to say I'm sorry for that. I am not a fan of the UCI. I have every incentive to sit here and tell you, yes, that's right. They're all crooked. Are there things that that um, that were a little shady. That was not one. You know, they called and said they didn't have a lot of money. I was retired. I had money. Um, they said, would you consider a donation? I said, sure. What about the story that Emma O'Reilly tells about the cortisone and you having the cortisone backdated? Is that true? That is true. Yes. She's one of these people that I have to... Uh, apologize to. Mm -hmm. She's one of these people that got run over, mm -hmm. got bullied. Yeah. Isn't she the point of the view suitor? This is what doesn't make any sense. When people were saying things, David Walsh, Sunday Times, Emma O'Reilly, Betsy Andreo, many others were saying things, you would then go on the attack yeah. for them. You're suing people and you know that they're telling the truth. What is that? Uh, it's a it's a major flaw, and it's a guy who expected to get whatever he wanted and to control every outcome. Uh, and um, it's inexcusable. And that's the, that the, when I say that there are people that will hear this and will never forgive me. I understand that. So, people, I'm going to ask, are you one of the people that will uh, never forgive Lance Armstrong after what has happened in the course uh, of a week? I am, because you know what? I mean, yeah, he did all this for charity, but his whole career, everything is based out of a lie. He doesn't, I mean, if he doesn't dope, he doesn't become famous. True. He doesn't dope, he doesn't win the Tour de France at all, let alone seven times. So, if he doesn't dope, he's just another American cyclist. Or else he would have been, you know, a, a fascinating story on a Sunday morning sports center of, you know, him surviving testicular cancer. So even, but there are also people that think that maybe the steroids led him to getting cancer because I'm not going to get a little grody. But, um, you know, I really, because, like, I'm like so many people, he was, a, he was an American sports hero. He was an icon. He was, uh, you know, he had... Uh, you know, this great foundation doing so much for cancer research, and now it's just the fact that it's all a lie and that he's just a fraud, you know, it kind of feel, kind of feel a little cheated, I must say. Yeah, I mean, I hope people still continue to support Liz Sean. Oh, of course. Because he raised like $30 million of uh, cancer research. I'm going to go on a limb and say this. You know, if some, if you asked me today did I think Lance Armstrong cheated, I'm going to say yes, but he admitted it. It's not like they found concrete evidence and well, went to him and said, we got you this time. Well, I mean, 
you say he had admitted it, he admitted it like ten years after the first charges. Ruined so many other careers. Uh, went after went after people viciously for. And that so not just not just cyclists either. You know, reporters yeah. doing their job. And there was a the uh, one of the uh, reporters who was Walsh, I think, for the Sunday Times sports editor, and he said that are you more bothered about him doping or him being a bully? And everyone said without a doubt him being a bully. If I mean I don't know, he, we definitely would have looked at in shame had had he admitted it. Basically pulled a Mark McGuire because he eventually made because we still look at like Bond, the Clements. Yeah, I mean we know they did, but they're also so arrogant about it. So that you know, I really think that with uh, Armstrong, the fact that he was so arrogant about it and that he denied it so viciously for years shows that he gets no sympathy. Yeah, I mean I'm very very upset, very sad that he uh, came out and admitted childhood hero of mine. Childhood hero is uh, Silas Hill. Yes. Impressive with his cycling knowledge last yes. night, rattling off guys like Ivan Basso and... Friend of the show. Exactly, exactly. Good listeners as well. But um, <laughs> it's interesting, uh, Frankie Andreu, one of the former teammates of Armstrong on uh, U.S. Postal Service back in the uh, the reign of 99 through 2006 or whatever, during Lance's seven consecutive, I guess then seven consecutive... I mentioned the fact that if anyone else would come up and and say, you know, speak out against Lance Armstrong using this, that he had so much influence, so much power in the cycling world, he could essentially just turn everyone against yeah. the person coming out. And then uh, your boy Floyd Landis came out yep. and tried to take Armstrong down. And I think there's a Sports Illustrated writer as well. She had a full full page article, full front cover article. I want to say uh, Miss Winfrey mentioned her name. Was it Maddie Roberts? Possibly, because she was the one that was one of the first that w- went hard after uh, Alex Rodriguez. Yes, I think that's who it was. So that might be her. We know Mount Maddie Roberts. Uh, uh, yeah, Maddie Roberts was my uh, in a little Eric Wilkins moment. She was my UC uh, uh, TA or whatever it was last year. I think it was like Helena Roberts or something like that. Selena, 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 Selena Roberts. Selena Roberts. Yeah, Selena Roberts. Yeah, Tell yeah. your thoughts on the whole Lance Armstrong thing. Uh, well, I think when you're in Lance Armstrong situation, uh, or in any situation like this, the way to go is to admit it from the start. And the reason why I say that is because the comparison I would go would be Andy Pettit. Andy Pettit, when he admitted it from the start, I mean, no one even associates him with performance anti drugs at all right now. The thing about that is that Andy Pettit and Lance Armstrong are completely different on the pedestal of yeah. uh, superstardom. But in much this situation, I would say to admit from the start is best. Yeah, because a lot of people are actually grateful now that he at least told the truth of his former teammates. Uh, a couple of writers, the New York Times reporter that Oprah mentioned as well. So, happy he at least came out and admitted it, because he could have easily taken the lifetime ban, yeah. the strip of the seven Tour de France, and just walked away, and never, no one would ever have seen or heard from him again. But for him to at least get up and admit it, it's sad, but, you know, it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Because, uh, Georgine Cappy. Yeah, another teammate of Armstrong Absolutely. is, but yeah, I don't think we're gonna hear from Lance Armstrong for a very long time. Uh, I don't think we will, may not ever again, but uh, yeah, probably not. I don't know where we would, but who knows? Uh, I can't read the future. I don't have a DeLorean with a flux capacitor, so I can't go to the future. So or go back or, or go back, but in the second movie they went forward. Right. Which actually that takes place in like three years or something like that, because in two thousand or two thousand thirteen, that was supposedly took place in like two thousand fifteen. Back to the Future Part Two, great movie, watch them all, great show, great Scott, absolutely. absolutely. All right, but uh, we'll shift gears. You know, someone who won't get tired of listening is uh, Ray Lewis, who uh, is happy to at least be one step closer to fulfilling a another lifelong dream of his, winning another Super Bowl as it is a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game, Ravens and the Pats. Uh, who, who's a Patriots family like? Dylan Schott. Dylan Schott's a Patriots Dylan Schott, yeah, absolutely. Game will be in Foxborough. And Aaron Vale. Yes. Not a Patriots fan. <laughs> Love the beef between those two, though. Uh, we'll get to, uh, ironically, Aaron Vale will be tied into this somehow, some way later in the show. Yes. But, uh... A, a defense coming, a team coming off a very exciting win in Denver, double overtime with yep. uh, 
what was that guy's name? Tory Smith? No. Yes. Or Tory uh, Smith was had Jacoby Jones. Jacoby Jones catching the touchdown catch. after whoever that guy was, a safety, yeah, safety that, playing. And about his worst defense as a deep hop yeah. in flag football. Yep. And that was dreadful. Costing the one seed a chance to at least win the game. Absolutely. Peyton Manning and Brady be a completely different thing. But uh, you were saying last night you have the Ravens going to the Super Bowl. Why I do. That? I do, actually. And I really, I think the Ravens, I like what they're doing. They've been Their offense has been playing very well ever since they made that questionable, but now it seems to work out and move uh, with uh, Jim Caldwell, having him call the plays. I mean, you know, Joe Flacco is never going to be a great quarterback. He could be. I don't think he will. He's, uh, he is very inconsistent. But you know what? He's a great deep ball thrower, and he's great in the playoffs. You can't – I mean, I know people that hate Joe Flacco for completely inane reasons, but, I mean, he is a he, – he wins, and he's great at the deep ball. And I really think that we're going to have a great game on Sunday in Foxborough. Yeah, because Patriots, the Patriots' defense secondary is uh, been noted to not be as strong yeah. as they were in the past. Yep. I want to say ever since uh, Rodney Harrison yep. retired. High law. These high law. And, but it's interesting because you have Ravens defense against a pretty electrifying Patriots offense. Yep. Tell you saying the other day the Patriots will win. Yes. I, is it because Tom Brady and Belichick and company are just too much on offense for uh, the great old Spice Ray Lewis? Well, the reason why I'm really confident actually in the Patriots this weekend is because what the Ravens did to win that game against the Broncos on the road, the number one seed, and knock them off. They expended so much emotion, and you can see Ray Lewis at the end of the game crying as he was interviewed in the postgame by Solomon Wilcott, and just all the, the, all the emotion pouring out. And I know it's the playoffs, I know it's the conference championship weekend, but to get up like that for another game, I just think it's just too hard, and I think the Patriots are going to be able to get into the Super Bowl for the second consecutive year and try and pick up uh, their fourth Super Bowl. Of the but, that's like, but that's just like me in sports zone. Just I get up for every episode and I'm crying at the end after it's come out relatively well. And then, But I bring it every week, you know? This was our last night. We had a uh, great yeah. closing for our Inside AU Athletics. We uh, did. That was tremendous. I'd love to get a copy of that. Shout out to Kexeros for making I'll that happen. I'll po- be posting that tonight at some point. <laughs> so after I go to a ATV producers meeting, which will be Dreadful. The great Douglas Bell. The great. Your favorite. Douglas Tyler's Bell. favorite of uh, Tech Talk. Oh, Douglas Bell. Love Josh. Fuck. Josh is all right. I mean, just stuff with media. I wonder if uh, Douglas will be at the uh, the inauguration on Monday. Uh, they're looking for people to work at. Like, they're looking for, like, a reporter and a camera guy. And they posted on the ATV staff page. But, uh, yeah. I am thinking I'm going to be going to the inauguration with a good friend of mine from home. And at uh, 7 a.m., great. We're actually going to walk down. No, we're not going to walk down. That you mean the parade? That would be great. Deep Love 360, the giant banner. That would be fantastic. But uh, something else you covered on the blog, the NFC Championship game. Yeah. That is San Fran and Atlanta in the Georgia Dome. I want to say it was Dylan Tremaine's very bold prediction that Colin Kaepernick magic is not going to be enough. Yeah, to uh, take on Matty Ice in the Georgia Dome, and he said Atlanta was going to win. Who do you have winning that game? I've got San Francisco. Um, you know what? I was I was wrong about the Falcons. Yes, they did everything they could possible to lose that game against Seattle, blowing the twenty point lead, much like the Broncos, um, allowing Seattle to drive. But then Seattle completely fell down on defense. But then somehow Atlanta did that onside kick and get, still gave Seattle another chance. Which is completely insane. I mean, I like Mike Smith a lot, but, like, that made no sense. But I really think San Francisco team, they've got the awesome offense. And Atlanta this year, especially when they played Cam Newton, who may be a close match of what Colin Kaepernick is, last time they played, uh, Cam Newton ran all over them, had uh, almost 400 or had over 400 yards total offense, three total touchdowns, and let Carolina do a big win. So I really think that they could struggle with a running a running quarterback as explosive as Kaepernick, and who's also got the arm to stretch the field, too, because he's got a bowl. He was drafted as a pitcher. Was he really? He was. He played uh, baseball in Nevada. Uh, football. Uh, I don't know if he did, but he was, like, I think he was drafted. may have been the Cubs. Probably had, like, a 93-mile-an-hour fastball, which is also what uh, uh, our good friend Tyler Tomei in the studio had. 
Yeah. Like, to- totally ripped apart your pack on defense. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was awful. Are you a San Fran supporter? This weekend, yeah, I absolutely think so. I think it's going to be New England-San Francisco. I think the type of style of play that San Francisco uh, employs is completely a weakness of Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta is a very bad run defense. Uh, I think the physical of San Francisco offensive line is going to be too much for Atlanta. And then on defense, I think that that defense is going to come after Matt Ryan, really upset the receivers, and I really like the Niners uh, this weekend. I think the only reason why Atlanta could win this game is home field advantage. Yeah. And if... Uh, uh, Julio Jones and Roddy White just completely tear apart the San Francisco secondary. The San Francisco defense, Patrick Willis, Alden Smith, numerous others I don't Justin know. Justin Smith playing through the injury. Yes. Yeah. He has one of the giant brace on his yeah. arm, right? Yeah. Uh, good friend uh, Deepak Bagat will probably have one of those as well after the performance he put up last night. Uh, who knows with that kid. Get out of control. Exactly. So Flo has Baltimore, San Fran in the championship. Tyler and I are going to go with San Fran and... New England, as much as I think Atlanta has an electrifying offense. I think Jim Harbaugh has done a great job as the head coach. Possible coach of the year, bringing this team back to a similar situation. Possible. How great would a Harbaugh-Harbaugh Super Bowl matchup look like? People are looking for Which, actually, that's what I'm projecting. I just completely thought of that. Wow. Speaking of good coaches, a lot of uh, different coaching changes have happened. Uh, The final one filled yesterday, Bruce Arians, offensive coordinator. Patterson legend. Yes, who, uh, what, what? Patterson, New Jersey. Really? You know Patterson. Absolutely, great he's, place. He's, he's a native of Patterson. Uh, ATV's own Geet. I don't know his last name, but he actually just was, I think. He was actually very upset that uh, Arians took the coaching job because he said that it would ruin the development of Andrew Luck in the pros. Granted that he has been, I, I was like, yes, exactly the same. Uh, that, in, makes, that makes sense. For a guy. I didn't know Geet was a football guy. Neither did I, but, uh. Out of the coaching changes, notable uh, Andy Reid at the Chiefs, uh, Doug Marone at the Bills, a guy from the CFL yep. coaching the Bears. Is that, is that a good fit for them? I really thought it was a good hire. I mean, back uh, when Miami was looking for a head coach, Miami Hurricanes, and they eventually hired Al Gold. I was back when I was an idiot and did wrote a couple pieces for a Bleacher Report, that very High class site, which is actually taking over for SI.com on CNN. So, um, yeah, so after that, um, so I wrote a piece, and initially I poo pooed the idea of Miami hiring Tresman because, I mean, because I didn't think about it, but I've never come around. I mean, coaching is still coaching, it's definitely a different game north of the border, and he was extraordinarily successful with the Alouettes, uh, won a pair of Grey Cups. He won over uh, 65% of his games. And he's got a long record of uh, working with quarterbacks in the NFL. Jay Cutler is very inconsistent. And this is a guy that Steve Young had two great years under in 95-96. He worked with Bernie Kosar at, at, at the U and with the Browns. Jake Plummer in his young days when Jake the Snake was actually looking great. And, just, he, and Rich Gannon when he had his great years. The Raiders. Yeah, Raiders. Get my voice up for that. So I really think it's a good hire. I really do. It's it's out there. It's risky, but you know what? I like the decision. What is an Alouette? I'm looking. I up don't Google. know what an Alouette is. I've yet to find it. Oh, it's a lark, and it's a French word for a lark. Yeah. Very interesting. Alouette, jamais Alouette. Hey. Alouette,
said that he was going to stay. He denied the Buccaneers' job. Yeah, he denied the Buccaneers' job a year ago. Initially, he was tied this offseason with the Browns. That didn't work out. Then he was tied with the Eagles, and he decided to stay in college. Now, all of a sudden, he decided to leave. Uh, maybe uh, I think it was maybe the potential Will Lyles NCAA fractions. I think that's what got him to leave. But just it is a real sudden change. A week later, it's not as quick of a change as like when Billy Donovan was at uh, took took the Magic job and then rejected it in like a day. This is a little different because it's over a week. But um, it, it really surprised me. Oregon will be in solid shape. Got the big money. They're already a program on the rise because of Phil Knight's money, and uh, they, they're higher promoting uh, their offensive coordinator Mark Helfrich, who's also very uh, highly regarded. So I really think that they won't take a huge step back, but I think there will, of course, be a step back. Kelly is just schematically just such a brilliant mind. Is it hurtful for Oregon fans, Tyler? You're a big fan of the uh, spread offense. A lot of people are saying he's going to try to bring that into. Eagles organization. Beeple, you were saying the other day that the Eagles have the personnel to make it happen Absolutely. to I an extent. So. Stuff like that is not going to work in the NFL, is it? You know, I don't. I think you think the personnel is right. I don't think so. I don't think Nick Foles is the answer. No, but not right. not Nick Foles. But he loves speed, and you've got McCoy, you've got Bryce Brown. Foles did play you got style, Jackson. He did play a style offense when he was at Arizona. Two hundred. Exactly. He ran, well, he ran a different kind of spread. Not as much run because he's very slow. He ran like a five-one-six forty. Which is like what I would run. Actually, no, that's not true. It was Bell Forty. Oh God. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, he did praise Foles when he was still at Oregon last year, but uh, that could be coaches speak. So I, I don't think Foles is a great fit for that kind of spread. But who knows what Kelly will do? I see you, Giants kept uh, Coughlin, did not fire him. Interested on that. Also, surprised Rex Ryan. You really, you really thought that Coughlin had any chance of being fired? Oh no, it wasn't the Super Bowl last I'm just year. Throwing it out there, trying to stir up the pop. Surprised Rex Ryan's still the coach, though. Yeah, well, he's running the show there. Woody Johnson loves, and everyone knows that he's running the show. And he they fired basically everybody except for Rex because you know nothing is Rex's fault. None of the personnel decisions were his fault. None of the, especially over the last couple of years, the fact that the team has been. Garbage the last few years, choked. So, but I mean, Woody Johnson loves them, and that's why they struggle until today to get a GM because the GM's not running the show. It's Rex Ryan running the show, and if you're a GM, why would you want that? So, but who's their new GM? Uh, this guy from the Seahawks. His name is uh, I think it was Ryan Isaac or Isaac could be. Isaac. We got both yeah, names yeah. right because I'm pretty sure he's listening to the show. He could be. He he definitely fans is. up in Seattle like uh, Mike Potashnik. Yep. Former uh, <laughs> but yeah, we got about baseball, college basketball. Uh, shout out to Aaron Vale. When we come back, this is Fanatic. Uh, we step aside to a station identification. Something we're gonna try. Station identification. This is Fanatic Radio on BlockTalkRadio.com. I do not feel good.
So even though they were playing the Heat, which def- they came out with something to prove, LeBron was kicking ass and taking names. But uh, So I do think that the Lakers, I think they could use this as a step forward. I mean, there's still definitely problems with how they structure their offense, what to do with Pau Gasol and Dwight Howard. But I really I think uh, there is some positive to make out of this. But in terms of making the playoffs, I think they're going to have to go on a pretty good run, which they could. They probably should. Well, what's know. what's the record they have to go to make the playoffs? They, they have, have to go like, and, um, I don't remember. Silas Hill knew it. Silas Hill knew it, did know it. Which is not good when he gets two references on this show. Yeah. He knows too much. Yeah. It's like 35 and 18 or whatever. Do you think they go, they go the distance with people healthy? I'm saying they will. I can see they make the at least, you know, the 7 or 8 seed. Granted, my Dallas Mavericks probably will not make the playoffs. The Tyler, you Lakers fans saying they'll make the playoffs. You know what? I think they will. I think they'll get it in the bottom, uh, either the 7th or the 18th, as you said. I know uh, Barkley the past couple weeks on inside the NBA has been against them making the playoffs. Um, you know, he's been going through, because there's a lot of Lakers games on TNT, he's been going through how it's impossible to make it. I think they sneak in, do enough to get in, just as the 18th. But once they get in the playoffs, I don't see them doing much damage. What's with the other teams in the West? It's well, obviously Lob City and the Clippers. Spurs, Thunder. Is there a fourth team I'm missing that's really good? Grizzlies. Grizzlies. Very high-powered offense. Rather than doing well. Silas Hill thinks that Rudy Gay might get traded. He Some, just may. I think uh, Portland's are playing well. At home. The Portland's five. But then the other, the rest, it's, you know, Houston, Dallas, Denver, Lakers, Golden State. I think it's Golden State's up there. Winning that division right now. Minnesota's kind of falling off, though, with, right. with Kevin Love's uh, Ricky Rubio's back. Glad to have him back. And uh, is Dan Dickow still playing with them? No, Luke, Luke Rittenauer. Dan Dickow. Hawks legend. <laughs> Luke Rittenauer, not Dan Dickow. I think they can make the AC. I go, there's too much. As Darren Berman, a good friend of ours, said on the show last night, there's too much talent on that team to not make the playoffs. But if they don't, it'll be very hilarious because the money can't buy you happiness. But in college basketball, something that happened over the break is uh, seven Catholic schools decided to leave the Big East, according to our good friend Andy Katz of ESPN. Uh, they will officially leave June 30th, 2015, so when B-Flow officially graduates from the hallowed grounds of American University. If. If. If I'm still living. If. And if I'm still there as well. DePaul, Georgetown, Marquette, Providence, Flo's Johnny's. Seton Hall and Villanova. I guess they're my Johnnies. Your Johnnies <laughs> all leave. Pajamis. <laughs> all leave. That was the so Big bad. East. I'm so sorry. The Big East is such a mess, and now you have you have seven schools looking to add more teams like like Butler, St. Louis, Creighton. What do you make of this? Of how freaking Big East is the biggest joke in college sports? Um. Well, you know, the Big East. We really saw this coming. I had a feeling that a lot of the all along with you know, the wide expansion, the biggies bringing all these schools from out west. I think really what ticked uh, these schools, uh, these uh, basketball-only schools, was uh, bringing in Tulane. I mean, the school presidents like Tulane because it's a great school. APR scores are very high, but their athletic programs are garbage. And they haven't been good really in years. Their facilities suck. And so, really, I think that's what really take them off. And for those schools, it was a, they were not kind of an odd fit when they were trying to get more football programs, bring Navy, Boise State, San Diego State. Boise State's a Houston. They'll stay in the Mountain West, right? Yeah, but Boise State's going to stay on the Mountain West. And actually, they figured out a little a special contract where they're technically part of the Mountain West, but their games are, are, are also a separate package. So, basically, so that... They could have games on ESPN. It's very bizarre. So it's like but, a Longhorn Network for Boise State. Yeah, well, not really that, but they're just their package of their games like are basically essentially kind of separate from the rest of the Mountain West, which on like NBC Sports Network, CBS Sports Network, for the five people that watch those channels. So there you go. Fun fact. An absolute mess. Good college basketball games. Quick notes for that. Uh, lots of ranked ranked uh, number one Louisville and number six Syracuse. It's in Louisville on ESPN at 4 o'clock Eastern time. Jim Bam takes on Patina. And Kansas played at Texas. CBS game with our good friends uh, Tim Brando, Greg Anthony, and uh, Clark Kellicality. Uh Wait, and what on CBS? Uh, 
two p.m. game, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, they're not doing that game. They have the uh, UCLA uh, Oregon game. The cruise on those games is it's, it's um the Iron Eagle. It's called Kevin Harlan and uh, Clark Kellogg on Kansas Texas. Ooh, Harlan. Um, Oregon UCLA is uh Spiro Dinas and Doug Gottlieb, and I believe there's another game in there. I think I'll, I'll look it up right now. Well, Oregon, they upset uh, Arizona the other day. Kyle Singler's brother. I didn't realize that until uh, Bill Walton announced it on the yes. uh, on the broadcast. Playing against uh, my boy Shabazz and UCLA. That's a ranked game. You should check out Ohio State and Michigan State. The constant beat down on the ranked Big 12. Up good Big 10 games. For, uh, it was Michigan beating Minnesota last night when they were both ranked. I want to say uh, Michigan beat Indiana the other night as well in Assembly Hall. And uh, a game I'm looking forward to is Gonzaga-Butler. Gonzaga is as high as number 8 in the country. Butler is 13. Butler, for those of you that follow us on Twitter, uh, upset Indiana earlier this year in the former Conseco Fieldhouse. I don't know what it is now where the Pacers play. But uh, a couple of ranked games. Also, I mentioned Virginia Commonwealth is ranked, so it's uh, only a matter of time before uh, Shaka Spark continues to wreak havoc in the A-10. AU did not win, though, on Wednesday. It's very upsetting. They take on Holy Cross tomorrow. But yeah. uh, we were at we were all three all three of us were at that game. Tyler, are you surprised that AU could not seal the deal, or is this typical Jeff Jones basketball blows at the end? Well, you know, I really thought we were going to win this game. Uh, before the game, I was talking to some friends. I thought we were going to win this game. Uh, no CJ on the road uh, on a weekday night. I thought, and we got off to a great start, 23-9. Uh, so an early lead, everything was going in. But then once everything, you know, we got cold from the field. Lehigh started to get a little bit hot. We made a late run to get back into it, but it, it was a really tough loss uh, for us, especially at home in conference. Ms. Beeple, you mentioned that American is known for a great start, but then somehow in the middle, midway of the first half, around the uh, second half, they just completely shut off and fall down. Yeah, I mean, it, we, we were definitely we were looking great early. We were hitting open shots, really started out fast, and then we allowed, we start to a hot start when here's what always like I like I've said what always seems to happen is that we let the other team get a run right before the half and then Lehigh took the lead and then thus they have the momentum coming out of the half we then all of a sudden we can't hit a shot Lehigh was smoking us Griner was rushing us down low using the pretty much the same uh, same move every time so this game we should have won but uh you know and then thus late in the stretch, we're always panicked, try and force a three, even when we're only down like five. So where if you get a layup or any bucket, that still works. I think we were within four. Or we were within about 50 seconds left. Yeah. And they ran an isolation play for Blake Jolivet at the top of the key. Yeah. Who uh, had as much handles on that play. I don't know. No good reference. I guess we could we could make fun of uh, Jaron Berman playing basketball. I've never seen him play basketball. So yeah. I have no idea how good his handles are. Of course, we can always make fun of Shin playing basketball. Oh, have you played with Shin before? Go. Oh, we played. I've never played with Shin. I played with Shin. I was there. <laughs> Shin. But anyway, cost the ball up against the. Uh, with Hannah Sedgwick. How about that? Yeah, you were the one that broke the news on that. Tell it to me. The little side note. We get sidetracked again on the show, but lose the handle. Could have easily gotten it too because Lehigh was clearly defending the three. But uh, to baseball news. As we're slowly running out of time this uh, this week's show. For the first time since 1996, no one is elected into the Hall of Fame. Tyler, are you surprised that steroid, the guys in the quote-unquote steroid era didn't uh, get the call to the Hall? Well, the reason why I'm not is because I think that a lot of people, I wouldn't say a lot of people expect it, but some people thought it could happen. They thought that they would make kind of a statement and they would use this as a statement to uh, not elect anyone. So uh, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily surprised, um, but I definitely... Uh, it's interesting to see no one go in the hall definitely this year. Bifo, you are a big uh, Rocket fan with uh, Roger Clemens. Are you surprised even though Not he... really. <laughs> you're, right. you're a Yankees fan, though. I am a Yankees fan. Not a Roger Clemens fan, though. Eh, well, he's kind of a... Kind of a... <laughs> dick. <laughs> even though... As, uh, but, um, you know, I would I would have voted him in. I would have uh, voted Bonds in. Because, you know what? Those two, they're Hall of Famers before it was widely reported that they had started. Like, when you look at 
Game of Shadows. That was around 98, 97 for Clemens when he went to Toronto. But at those points, they're still Hall of Famers. Uh, Biggio, you know, I don't have a problem with him not getting on the first ballot because, you know, he was a uh, 3,000 hit guy. For a lot of guys, uh, the first ballot's pretty sacred. Like, Joe DiMaggio took him like three years to get it. So, Craig, even though, but that's obviously different. But Craig Biggio, if he didn't get in uh, the first year, I don't have a problem with it. He's definitely getting in next year. But, um, I, you know, honestly, if it's a year where there's no guy that really deserves to get in, like there's no clear-cut guy, and it was a pretty wide ballot, and there were a lot of question marks, kind of like back in 1996, the last time there was nobody, and that was the last time the ballot was this big. Was that when Canseco was applying for the hall? Uh, no, Canseco was still playing. But, um, yeah, can that guy. No way, Jose. Yeah, but, uh, literally. But the thing is, um, you know, I don't have a problem if it's a year where there's no clear-cut guy to get into the hall and thus nobody gets in. But there are guys that I felt deserve to get in this year. And we're not going to be, you're not going to be able to duck the whole steroid issue forever. And you know what? It's a part of the game. It's part of the game's history, what happened in uh, the late 90s, early 2000s, so... It sort of reminds me of the Lance Armstrong thing, you know, in a, in a tainted area, and who knows uh, what cycling is going to happen now, because uh, the guy that had success this year, uh, who was the guy who won it this year, the British guy, won the gold medal as well, Williams, I think is his last name. For what? Cycling. Uh, first, uh, for, oh, looked it up as well, the first British person ever won Tour de France. Yeah. It's wondering, you know, is his sort of changing the guard? It actually was very nostalgic to watch ESPN's coverage before. We had Pedro Gomez, uh, Buster Olney, Tim Kirchin, good friends of the show. Yep. Looking at the list of ballots because, guys, I actually knew pretty much all the guys on the ballot. You ask me, you know, baseball players today, no clue who half these people are. Although, shout out to uh, Andrew McCutcheon to be on the cover yeah. of MLB The Show. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of uh, friends of mine are Pittsburgh Pirates fans. Word. So they're happy that uh, Kutch, I guess is what his nickname is. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not a big baseball guy. But when I see guys like Biggio, Mike Piazza, Bond, so Sammy Sosa, was Rafael Palmeiro on that yep. ballot? I was like, I know fall off next year. He only got like 8% this year. But <laughs> Did he really? Yeah, he only got like 8%. Kind of like Mark McGuire's not getting in the hall either. Yeah, he's going he's, he's gonna to run out of time. He's already on 7 and he's been stuck in the 20s. He didn't so, get more votes than that. Yeah, well, I mean, he is a guy that admitted that he did it. So, I don't know. So apparently being honest is a bad thing in baseball. I guess. I guess. But uh, who's on the ballot next year? You got Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, uh, the big hurt, Frank Thomas, a personal friend of mine, um, Jeff Ken. Jeff Ken? Yeah. Ah, really? He was a Dodger, wasn't he? He was, he was a Dodger late in his career. And there's some other uh, borderline guys, so they'll get in. Nah. So do you think someone from the steroid era will get in? Roger uh, Clemens, Barry Bonds. I don't know if they will, because they debuted lower than I thought they would. I'd like to see what they do next year, because I'm sure guys probably were. Maybe this was their punishment. Like maybe they didn't vote him in this time, but maybe they'll vote him in next year. But uh, I want to see what they did that year, even though they both were pretty low and only like. 37%. So, but I do think eventually we may have, we'll have to have guys in because you can't Lucky. just ignore the era, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, much uh, joy of Aaron Vale and I guess you as well, the NHL. Yeah, sure. So now it's a 48 game season. Yeah. Only conference games, apparently, mm. is what you told me. Are you one of the people on the Aaron Vale bandwagon that uh, hockey's back? We should sing it for the mountaintops. Although I uh, looked up the uh, topography, and D.C. has no mountains. Yeah, we but then Mike Friel told me that Georgetown does. And I was like, well, those are more cliffs. To the yeah, those are, those are cliffs. Are you happy hockey's back? Uh, I'm absolutely happy hockey's back. I mean, the whole lockout was infuriating, ridiculous. Turned a lot of people off, just like the last lockout did. But you know what? The fact that hockey's back really is a great thing. And uh, so I'm excited for a uh, play to kick off tomorrow. Tomorrow. So it's tomorrow. tomorrow. Look at that! Covered on Snap Radio. Regional games on uh, NBC. Chicago, LA. They'll have the banner raising, and also the other game is uh, Philadelphia and somebody else. I'm drawing a blank 
I pulled it up real quick. Who's see Darren Pang back on the ice? Uh, the you will not be doing. I don't think you'll be doing any of the games. Uh, Doc Emmerich returns though. Yeah, friend of ours in the broadcasting world. Tyler, are you a hockey fan? Excited you know, that they did not get locked out. Big time NHL playoffs guy. Not so much regular season. I don't follow it too closely in the regular season. Once the playoffs come around, they're definitely one of the uh, top professional sports playoffs. Uh, very exciting. You know, upsets happening all the time. Uh, great series. Um, much like the Kings, they're the eighth seed, weren't they? Kings were the eighth seed. Yep. Uh, you had Rangers-Devils last year in the Eastern Conference Finals. The playoffs are always fun, but I don't follow it too closely. Right? Yeah, and the games tomorrow are Pittsburgh-Philadelphia, which will be on most, uh, to everyone east of, like, Ohio and the eastern half of Kentucky. That part of the country will get that game. Everybody else, west, except for some folks getting some regional basketball action, will be getting uh, Chicago and Los Angeles. So for those people in Louisville, Catch uh, your Cardinals take on the Orange. Yeah. Big uh, potential Elite A matchup. You can say all those good teams of that. Well, Final Four matchup. I mean, Syracuse has had a good hey. season this year. Michael Carter Williams. Do not forget that name. He is uh, Coach possible, Carter. Possible. <laughs> love that movie. Possible Wooden Award candidate. Yeah. Watch that game and then you can watch the hockey game as well. I personally do not care one way or the other. It's also ironic that possibly the playoffs will be longer than the actual season itself. Yeah, that could very well end up happening. Because um, the season could start in January and end up in June, which is lovely lovely hockey weather. Nothing yeah. like uh, 100 degrees. And yeah, yeah. Oh, but uh, just a quick throwback to the CBS games tomorrow. Uh, the regional bit at uh, 2 o'clock. Uh, Kevin Harlan and Clark Kellogg will be in Austin for uh, Kansas-Texas. That should be an exciting game because yeah. I think uh, Texas is a very scrappy team, still looking for their identity. Still mad that uh, Cabongo's not playing with them. Yep. And then the Kansas Jacks team that ran reckless over American. And As expected. But uh, Macklemore has an injury. Yeah, Macklemore. Not the... Macklemore. Not the uh, <laughs> and not the singer either, who I discovered over the break. Yeah, and then the other game in that window is West Virginia-Purdue with the uh, excellent crew of Ein Eagle and Bill Raftery. Yes, Raftery was... Onions! With Bob Huggins. And he's the guy that where Onions came from was with uh, when he used to do Nets games with Ian Eagle. So, and then at 4 o'clock, going to everybody, is uh, Oregon, UCLA with Spiro Ditas and Doug Golly. Doug Golly returns. Spiro Ditas, legend of Paramus, New Jersey, which is around where I am. The two Jersey references in one and show. Absolutely. Who's the, fir- who's the first guy you said? Oh, um, uh, Bruzarian. Bruzarian. From Patterson, from B-Town. Lovely place. We should give another Jersey shout out uh, to Eric Williams. Yes. We have a listener of the show that he's joined us. Of course, fans. And we got the funk. Again, it is time for our critically acclaimed segment. It is Tweets from Flow. We have to give a shout out to uh, Kathy in Ohio for winning the contest. We'll get you your prize ASAP for discovering uh, the NBA. Your two backgrounds were uh, what was it, NBA Legends? No. It was a Julie Serving NBA Street. NBA Street and then the Jersey Turnpike. Yes. Was your second one. Yes. But uh, looking at Twitter now, you have a new background. The, we don't even have the music? We don't even have the theme music? Ah, uh, no. Theme music's always there. Bootsy Collins always providing the tweets from Flow Anthem. I see uh, Claudia Eagle's your background now. Yeah. Well, Getting the uh, motivation to do yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. I was mixing it up with my background, and now we've got that little thing at the top, so, well, why not? have well, the Eagle is a legend. I don't know where that picture is from. It's on Google Images. I have no idea what that is, but yeah, it's good stuff. Also, what is your um, cover photo of that? That is uh, Union Station. In D.C.? Yes. Uh, uh, yes, it's where the uh, Bojangles is. Yes! Which is great. And that's the picture of me at the 2008 Daytona 500. Yeah, okay, yeah. A quick, quick talk about that. Generation 6 uh, was officially launched. Yep. This year, some uh, hated it. Notably, uh, David Reagan says that the field will not be level because big name teams will still get the money, the funding, testing the talent to uh, sort of create what NASCAR was in the past. Yeah. But other drivers, like the defending champ Brad and Dale Jr., saying it's some of the best things that happened in NASCAR since the COT was invented. Are you excited that Generation 6 is kicking off with positive reviews as they are currently in Charlotte testing? Yeah, uh... Because, you know, the cars, they look, they actually look like cars. I mean, that was a big complaint over the years was that their cars that they were using did not actually look like cars that you would see on 
you know, street. Yeah, at, on the street or in the showroom. So while I mean they still obviously look a little different, they do it definitely because they each have the individual uh, frame in the front and uh, the hood with their respective emblems and the uh, on the front tailgate. So I really or the, not the front tailgate, so that's an oxymoron. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited about this new car. I think that it's gonna be uh, great for the uh, great for the sport, and I think it's gonna be a lot of fun come uh, a month and a week. You excited for that uh, Fox's coverage? Yeah. Daytona 500, which apparently looking at Twitter says you will be missing because of a class. Academics once again ruins uh, NASCAR once again. Yeah, this is a kind of a funny story. Um, so for one of my classes, uh, Reflections of American Society on Stage, which I'm taking for uh, area one gen ed to wrap up my gen ed, thing that we have to see uh, three plays. We have to see the Minotaur at the uh, over. Uh, at the Atlas Performance Center, which is the kind of theater that my professor, at Randy Baker, actually runs. So it's that. Then the second one, which this one in question, will be uh, Our Town, which I'm seeing at Ford Theater. And there are certain days where you get like half price tickets for being under 35. And so this was, and that was one of the days, and I really, and it fit into my schedule well. At, and it's a matinee at uh, two o'clock on a Sunday, and that turns out to be the same Sunday as the Daytona 500, which kind of pisses me off. I mean, I'll definitely try and check, because there are two intermissions in the show. It's a two-hour play at 2 o'clock. So I'll try and ch- check in, but unfortunately I'll miss. When I found it, I was I was disappointed, you know. Yeah, because there's already been a wreck during Speed Weeks. Yeah. There's like a 15-car pileup, which is good. Clueless drivers on a racetrack. We love it. Yeah, but not Jeff Gordon, of course. Right, Tyler? Absolutely. Tyler, huge NASCAR fan. Uh, Could it be bigger? <laughs> Easily a, a convert, as we have proudly taken full ownership of that. But another interesting tweet: You've been big on the uh, Monte Teo, as we have our resident Notre Dame fan yeah. in the house. Yeah. You tweeted. You tweeted at TMZ says that uh, Teo has found himself a real girlfriend. Yeah. There, TMZ had a report. I saw this on uh, Sports Grid, which is where the link goes. That TMZ has some uns- as an unsubstantiated report that Teo already has a real girlfriend. So, it's uh, absolutely bizarre. I mean, the whole case is just extremely bizarre. And I, 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 I really don't know what to think of it anymore because it's just all these random sudden turns and just, you know. I wouldn't make of all that, the Teo case. Oh, just completely bizarre. I don't think we've ever seen a story like that. Yeah. Honest, yeah. I actually thought, uh, of course, Deadspin released it. I've been reading and listening to what you guys had to say about it. I actually thought, you know, TMZ was, like, linked to it. Like, oh, this is something that they would come up with. Saying, like, oh, he, like, ate up his girlfriend. Do we have you still gotten the full story on that? Uh, what we, he's done? We still haven't got. I don't think we've gotten the full story on it because he hasn't come out publicly. He did release a statement. Notre Dame spoke out publicly. But I really think that we we all want to see what he has to say about the whole thing, maybe give it some more clarity or maybe whether to believe him. So, but now, he, you know, obviously he graduated Notre Dame, so I just got to focus on the uh, NFL draft, and we'll see come uh, April how this uh, whole thing affects the draft stock, because he was at one point top ten pick, was awful against Alabama, and now this whole thing's probably causing the slide even more, so, but, but who knows? Like I say, I can't read the future, so... We need to buy the DeLorean. Didn't get that for Christmas, did you? Did not. Did not. And of course, our uh, final statement, though. Notre, will Notre Dame bounce back after uh, getting crushed by Alabama? Do you see this as sort of the turning point? Or should they shut down the program? They could do that. I don't it's know. It's interesting. When, when their basketball team, when their football team was doing bad, their basketball team was being very impressive, beat a ranked Cincinnati team. Truth. Yeah, I think that um, this is just like, you know, the season that everything came together for them. They won all the close games. But that's a repeat. I think it's very tough. Uh, they are bringing in the number one recruiting class, which is a right now set. We'll see if that holds for signing day. But uh, I think in the future, or next year at least, uh, I don't see them getting – I see them actually fighting for 10 wins. I don't see them getting 10 wins definitely. I agree. It's going to be a tough one. Especially with Everett Golson coming back. And you still have some guys uh, – I'm drawing a blank of the, the awesome defense men they have. Yeah, well, Lewis uh, Moore is one of their good defensive players. He's graduated. Yeah, but no, the other one. Yeah, I'm not sure. I forget because he's the he's, he's a guy that people think maybe just as good as Javon Kalani, but another New Jersey legend. Is there, who is he played with now? Oh, he, he's not New Jersey. 
No, who's Connie play with? He's in South Carolina. Yes, he's the guy that freaking trusts the Michigan running back. One of the best players ever. Apparently, all of them are saying he's a Heisman candidate next year. Absolutely. I think he... He led the nation in sacks. Another guy to watch out for is a wide receiver from Clemson. Uh, Watkins. Right? Sammy Watkins? Yeah. No, the other guy. Oh, the other guy? Uh, No, he's number six. Uh... Maybe well, no, not Sammy Watkins. Uh, DeAndre is his first name, I think. Uh, Chris Oldab, CED. Well, whoever it is, he had like 14 catches, 300 yards receiving against the LSU game, mm. which, in uh, my opinion, is one of the top bowls. Yeah, of the bowl season. Bowls weren't that great this year. That and uh, the Rose Bowl, my two favorites. That was also on New Year's Eve, and I was spent my New Year's Eve actually kind of down in your neck of the woods down Hoboken. Mm. There you go. There you go. Great. Did you enjoy your night in Hoboken. I did. It was nice. Excellent. All right, and of course, that will... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's much Jersey reference. On, on that reference. That's about 4-1 show. Absolutely. Yeah. Record. Five with Vivi Cal Wilkins. Hey! All right, look at that. All in one hand. So once again, for, for all of us here on Snap Radio, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes. We'll have that. We haven't gone bust with the uh, the change of the new year. Once again, this is the Snack Radio on blogtalkradio.com. Next week, we'll be back. Uh, I guess a Super Bowl. I think our, our, our not not maybe not our Super Bowl. Now we follow me, but we will know who will play. So, so we will not dissect that at nauseum because the sport is uh, bigger than meets the eye. We'll have a uh, possibly Eric Saltzman on as he breaks down pitchers and catchers okay. in uh, January. But uh, <laughs> our nerd name our nerd name insider. And our good friend Tyler Tamea, notorious Ben Florence from eplubbysix.com, sponsors the radio program, Proxy Campbell, Oddwalla, I'm Michael Carter, saying so long, we'll see you next time.